0: do this big guy money we need money <laughs> carlton you know we can afford this you're the one who helped me invest my money makes money
1: we're rich <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right we are rich
0: good morning and welcome to episode 8998. <laughs> it's episode
1: 98 it is
0: 98 effectively wild the daily podcast from baseball prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. Today we are joined by Mike Petriello of Mike Socha's Tragic Illness and Fangraphs.com. Mike, how are you doing? Very well, guys. How's it going? It's going great. We've had you on because of uh, your connection to the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers this weekend signed Zach Granke, the top free agent pitcher on the market this winter, They also agreed to terms with Korean lefty Hyun Jin Ryu. Um, And Keith Law wrote today, the Dodgers have the best team on paper in the division at this point, not just due to their offseason, but due to the potential to have Matt Kemp fully healthy for the first time since April. The San Francisco Giants have moved to bring back the same team that won the World Series, but haven't upgraded the roster anywhere with very little upside from their lineup at this point. The Dodgers also have... A record-setting 225 million-ish. It might be higher now. Uh, payroll for 2013. They have many, many, many millions committed beyond that. They are well into luxury tax uh, range this year and essentially already for next year as well. Uh, it is an unprecedented spending spree. And so, Mike, I wanted to know um, how it feels. It, uh, you know, it's funny you ask because earlier today, I was looking back at what I was writing
2: about a year ago today, and it was, uh, can they afford Hideki Matsui, and might they bring back Mike McDougall, and, uh, <laughs> and Ross Newhan who's you an know, all-fame writer for uh, many, many years, was writing conspiracy theory stories about whether Frank McCourt's deal was actually like a long con to try to act, uh, hang on to the team for the courts. So here we are a year later. And they've spent more in the last six months than I think Franklin Ford spent in the last six years or so.
0: The great so. thing is they could not afford Hideki Matsui in the, in the end. And they brought back McDougall, and he pitched, uh, what, about two innings? Yeah, he got cut at the end of
2: April, I think. But hey, at least I got Adam Kennedy
0: all year. So, um, I mean, obviously, I, I think every fan prefers that his team spend money. And every fan prefers his team sign um, players who can make them competitive but there is a certain amount of kind of I don't know tackiness I think that a lot of fans <laughs> uh, who aren't Dodgers fans feel about this club they have been adding nonstop since July and I mean I think that maybe what's interesting about this from a non-Dodgers fan perspective is that um, they they seem to be making moves that um, you would that an, that an analyst would normally question, and they've just continued to spend on spend on spend and s- essentially um, kind of undo the imperative to analyze because they, they seem to have a bottomless pit of money. But, I mean, you're a smart fan. You're a fan who has looked at this team through a smart lens for many years. Yeah. It, it must feel odd to, to have that kind of... Um, uh, logic taken away from everything and to not really know where the where the bottom is and, and whether this is kind of a dignified way to win or does that not matter?
2: Well, I, I guess there's two answers to that. The first is as far as a dignified way to win, you know, the team hasn't won anything in 25 years. So if they do win a World Series this year, I look forward to Bill Blaschke complaining about how they didn't win the right way but they'll oh. still have the championship so I'll be okay with that. As far as analyzing it, you're totally right. I've, I've found myself having to rethink how I analyze some of these deals because any other year for any other team, I would see three years and 22 million for Brandon Lee and I would just be apoplectic about it, you know, but now it's like, well, that's a drop in the bucket and you'll not even just for the Dodgers, but all across baseball, the TV money coming in and all the, the values going up. I mean, it, it sounds like that should be crazy, but then you compare it to all the other deals and maybe it's not, you know, maybe we're just overrun by the billions of dollars that's coming in here. We're seeing things we call glasses, but it, it's really, it's so much different than evaluating deals the same way I would have a year ago or two years ago or five years
1: ago. So are we kind of just wasting our time to try to break this down by what it, what it comes out to dollars per win and and whether it's in line with the rest of the market? I mean, I saw that on Twitter you were kind of critical of people who think that this is an overpay for Granke. Uh, what is your rationale? Does that come down to more that you think that, that Greinke is worth this money just on his own or that the money is just so different now uh, that he doesn't have to be as good as someone who got this contract would have had to be in the past?
2: I think it's a little bit of both. I think that a lot of fans are like, well, Greinke's not an ace, which obviously I don't agree with, but you know, he's not one of the top five pitchers. He's not Clayton Kershaw. And he's not Justin Verlander. So why is he the top eight pitcher, top righty pitcher? And, you know, obviously it's a lot of people don't understand, well, those guys aren't free agents or they didn't sign a deal in free agency. Mm -hmm. And if they did, they didn't do it this winter. So if they were available, then the money would be a lot different. And the fact that Greinke is now the top paid righty pitcher forever, it's really just it's kind of an outcome of his situation. It's good timing for him. Uh, And then it's kind of also a lot of people look at him and he's one of those guys who his advanced stats, you know, his his fifth and everything don't always match his ERA, except for that one really great year he had. Yeah, so it's so kind of a, a disconnect for people.
1: Where do well. you where do you come down on that? Sam wrote a bit about it today at BP. How his peripherals have have been fantastic, his ERA not quite so much. And depending on your perspective, you can think that he's a guy who uh, just has underperformed due to factors not under his control. Or at this point, is the sample size so large that that's just who he is, except for 2009.
2: I think that he has had problems pitching with uh, runners on base at times and runners in sport position. And some of the advanced stats don't really show that that well. And I don't think that makes much of a differential between that. Uh, I also think he's had some pretty terrible defenses behind him at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that hasn't helped him either. Uh, you know, the Dodgers, Mark Ellis is a really good defender and Adrian Gonzalez is a really good defender, but you know, handler mirrors at shortstop, that's not really going to help him with that either. Uh, you know, getting back into the National League and some of the big parks in the West with, you know, Roger James, Good Pitchers Park in San Francisco and San Diego. I think that'll help him, too. And, uh, you know, he's, he's also been traded twice now. Or, yeah, twice now in the last three years. So, you, you know, you hope that knowing where he's going to be for the next six or seven years can really help him. Uh, you know, is he a ace? He doesn't have to be, because they have Clayton Kershaw. And he's probably the best number two starter in the league, you know, arguably, unless you want to play like Gio Gonzalez. mm you know whatever. I mean? mm-hmm.
0: So, is there a move they could make right now that would uh, that would that would worry you, that that would make you think that they would maybe just like lost all all self discipline or um, absolutely? <laughs> what is it? What's the move? Uh, the, the move is the same move that's been my nightmare
2: since the beginning of the offseason, and that is Kyle Roche. There is <laughs> there is no right answer or the right question that Kyle Rose is the answer to. Because, <laughs> you know, giving up the first round pick, and he's going to get four years and. He's, overrated and he's older and it just, I'm hoping that now they've got so much started pitching that even Ned Kalani can't want to go for Kyle Loesch, but until he signs somewhere else, I will call him never believe it.
0: But, but I mean, if the money doesn't matter, I mean, Loesch is more valuable than a first round pick, right? I mean, I, I guess
2: probably, right? I, I don't think he's that great. I know he's had some good success the last two years, but before that he had like eight years of being per and mediocre. Yeah. So I, he could fall apart at any
0: second. I, I just don't have a lot of confidence. Yeah, no. I mean, I I agree. I think I think Loche is probably a disaster waiting to happen. But that's because I think that the money means something. If you're the Dodgers and you know your theory is that you can never have too much pitching, <laughs> and they just sign nine or ten of these guys. I mean, right now there's, I mean, there's, I eight. there's eight if you yeah. count Lily. And I'm not sure what is Lily's what is Lily's health re- report card for right now. Lily uh, should be good to go for the spring. I mean, he was out so long last year, he didn't actually pitch past
2: like, late May, I don't think. So she's yes. had plenty of time to recuperate. But, you know, if you're going to throw
0: more money at a pitcher you don't need, then at least go with NFL Sanchez. So it's Kershaw, Granke, Billingsley, Beckett, Capuano, Harang, Lily, and you. <laughs> yes. It's absurd, isn't it? And it, but, is you know, absurd. it? It's eight pitchers, but it's not as much as you might think. Because like you
2: said, Lily's got injury problems. Uh, I don't know that Billingsley's elbow is really going to hold up all season long. He's got a partially torn UCL. has had some hip issues. Beckett and Capulano have had their health problems. It's it's it sounds absurd, but it's not as much pitching as Well, not to
0: take I mean not to take anything away from the roster because I'm i have I'm coming around to the idea that this is a really good roster. But it really does sort of show the the challenge of building a team this way. I mean, since July they've been doing nothing but adding guys who are famous, and yet. Every single one of them has a mark against him, even though they, you know, they all come with huge, huge salaries, and yet there really isn't a sure thing in the bunch. I guess Adrian Gonzalez is the closest thing to a sure thing, but you know, with Granky, Granky is a little bit of a, you know, it's, he's a theoretical ace more than he's, you know, an ace. Um, he could be amazing, but you know, there's there's a question mark there, and Hamley has question marks. Crawford, Beckett, uh, certainly League, um, Ryu, all these guys have question marks. It's it's a it's a scary way to build a team in a way. Do you have any kind of fear that like all these guys might actually just be um, like, they might all be the guy that they were last year, which they all had kind of flaws and that maybe this isn't like, like what would it mean if they missed the playoffs, I guess is the question.
2: That, I think that would be a disaster. You, you can't ever expect a team to win the world series because so much can happen in the postseason. But if they don't make the playoffs or at least come down to the very last day, unless there's some massive disaster, I, I don't know how you can come back from that because they put so money, so much money into winning this year. And, you know, you're right. There are things that can go wrong. I'm looking at the prospective roster right now, and if the season started today, they would have four guys, I think, who are pre-arbitration, which is absurd. I mean, it's going to be out of kind 25? of old <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Right how it would be. Luke <laughs> Cruz, who I don't even like, and then, like, three bullpen guys, you know, Guerra and Jensen and, and, and Elvin, and maybe another backup outfielder. But I know they're going to get an so it won't matter. Out of 25.
1: Well they should probably sign a couple more starters just to be safe at this point.
2: Maybe they think. will, I mean at this point I would put nothing past it. I mean if you're at
1: 225, might as well go 250 or, or whatever it takes to to put all all doubt out of your mind.
2: If you know, you, saw, uh, if, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say, if you count uh, the posting fee for you and all of uh, the deferred and dead money, they're already up to 270 million for this year. <laughs> which, is,
0: which is crazy, and they're still gonna add guys. <sighs> Wow. Wait, two hundred and seventy. Did you say two hundred and seventy? Yeah. And that doesn't include the luxury tax.
2: No, it's it's two hundred and twenty-two. It just contracted money, uh, and then there's a the twenty-five million dollar posting fee and a, a bunch of other for uh, deferred money and buyouts and arbitration and the, the zero to three guys. So you add all that up, and I've got it at two sixty-three. My word.
0: <laughs> My word. Um, I sort of have this theory that um, maybe one of the things that they're thinking is that. Um, Players that that contracts are going to be more movable in coming years. And so even though they've taken on all these long-term contracts and expensive contracts that maybe they think that, um, that, you know, like sort of the Marlins showed, it's kind of easy to tear down quickly because more teams are trying to take on money than are able to sort of spend it on the free agency um, market. And my guess is that right now the plan is to trade one of the back, starters in their rotation. Do you think that's true? I mean, is is Capuano gone? Uh, I would say at least one and probably two. There's, there were rumors of Capuano for Joel Hanrahan,
2: which is uh, possible. I think he's probably gone, maybe harangue right, too. they so They'll have to keep at least one of the extra guys just for depth because of the injury concerns, but I do think at least two of them will be gone.
0: And why is there no third baseman on this team? <laughs> well, that's because Ned Coletti had to go out and sign Juan Uribe two years ago. <laughs> Uh, there's no third baseman
2: because D. Gordon failed, really, and so they put Ian Mears back at short, which is kind of a terrible idea, but I can't even push too hard for them to move him back because there's no one to put it short because D. Gordon's not ready. Uh, and the market, it's it's pretty terrible. I mean, maybe Kevin Euclid, I
0: guess. But, you know, money can only buy what's available. <laughs> I'm just I'm surprised that, that I haven't even – I mean, it seems like they're the, exactly the team that would go after Euclid and not really care – if he fails, because the money doesn't matter. I mean, right now, they don't really have a third baseman. It's like, it's this weird, I mean, it seems odd for them to be going after two starting pitchers this weekend and um, not have that position taken care of. But, uh, I mean, hey, I, guess I guess I don't know say, what they like, would like, do. I mean, not there, but.
2: Without Chase Headley, like, he's not
0: going to be traded. I guess I don't even
2: really know what they would do, because there's, there's a lot of teams who need third baseman. And I certainly wasn't sad that it wasn't the Dodgers who got
0: Michael Young. Would you have been happy to have, um, like, Eric Chavez? Yes, actually I would have. I, I've, I've liked him for a couple of years, and I wish they would have had him. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know if he's really durable to be kind of a guy you rely on more than part-time anyway. So you were, you don't want to sign Loge partly because of the draft pick. I know that you were against signing Corotta, which surprised me because I, I like Corotta, and it was also because of the draft pick. Do you really think a draft pick, um, you know, has that much value to a team that's committed to building through this manner?
2: Well, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to be better quickly, and their farm system was really destroyed under the report there, and I don't even just mean the graphics and the players, like their scouting system was just part of part. So if you look over the last two months or so, they've signed a whole bunch of scouts and, and big names, guys like, you know, Bob Angola. Like that, like. So what their plan, I think, is to spend a lot now, up front. and then kind of put the rest of their money into rebuilding the farm systems. So they went out and they signed the and they signed a bunch of other international guys and they're building up their scouting system. Uh, and it, you know, if you look at their salaries going forward, I know they have a long-term deal, but after 2013, there's like $75 million coming off the books. And after 2014, there's like $45 million more million I don't think that long-term they want to have a $300 million payroll.
1: So I wonder what they would have done had this change in ownership taken place under the old CBA with the old Compensation rules where there's no way that they could have avoided giving up basically all their draft picks if they were doing a a free agent spending spree like they're doing now. I wonder whether that would have dissuaded them from doing this or whether they would have just considered that the the price of doing business this way. I I mean, is there, I guess, is the, the benefit to the Dodgers making the playoffs? very quickly now uh, higher than it is for for most teams I mean is it more imperative that they do it the the kind of the quick and easy and expensive way than than the slow rebuilding way just to just to get there kind of after the the McCourt era
2: you know I think that that goes a long way towards winning back fans and the, the fan uh, you know feeling towards the dodgers could not have been more toxic in the last year or two but also I think you know you hear a lot about teams that win the offseason and then it doesn't work out for them in the, in the regular season. And that's definitely the Dodgers so far, but for them, winning the offseason actually does matter because they're very close to signing this new television contract, which is where all this money is going to come So I really think that showing that they have a team that's committed to win that can bring new ratings, that's where this you know, $6 billion, $7 billion, whatever it's going to be, TV contract is going to come from. And that was really, I think, the main goal for this ownership to put all this money into it.
0: Okay, so of all the moves they've made since July, what's the best move, what's the worst move?
2: So oh, that's a good one.
0: Well, I think I think Cranky is probably the best move that I like, uh, just because
2: he is the only difference maker starting pitcher. And maybe they overpaid for him, maybe they didn't, but they didn't give him a talent for him. They they got the only guy who could really pair with Granke, uh with Frischel too. Uh, the worst move, you know, I, there's there hasn't really been anything that I've outright hated yet. I mean, the Boston move is definitely the biggest flash point. I think taking on all that Crawford money is super risky, but. To get Adrian Gonzalez when there is no other first baseman option and you've been living with James Loney for the last five years, it made sense. Uh, I, I'd say the move I probably like the least is, surprisingly enough, giving $85 million to Andre Ethier, who I like, but he's kind of a platoon, probably should be a DH outfielder. Wow,
0: well, you pronounce it platoon. <laughs> Pl- is that what I said as opposed to platoon? I don't know yeah. where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I personally liked it when they signed Andy Cisco, uh, <laughs> but that's probably not the the most headline-grabbing one. Ben, do you have anything else to ask Mike?
1: Uh, I don't think so. But we'll probably have him back next week when the Dodgers sign every <laughs> remaining free agent.
0: Yeah. I mean, Josh Hamilton's got to have a role on this club somewhere, right? <laughs> Maybe
1: he can play third.
0: You know what? Uh, they're
2: they're not done. They still have holes to fill. So it's not going to be anything on the level of a Granky, but there's going to be more moves this week.
0: When, they, when I saw that they were looking at uh, when Jim Bowden suggested that they might go after Anibal Sanchez, was that just uh, real leverage? Uh, I think it
2: was almost cranky leverage because I, I think there was a time where it was real they really thought he was going to Texas. Well, Bowden Jim's said it and... today. Bowden said it today. Did he say it today? Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't know. Jim Bowden is kind of – he says his free agent predictions are like right on and I respect him for that. And then he says some other things where i does not sure <laughs>
0: Alright, prediction. How many wins? Um, I'm gonna go with uh ninety three wins. Ninety three wins. All right. Well we'll have you on at the end of the year and see how it went. Awesome. All right, um that was it. That's episode ninety eight of Effectively Wild. Thanks to Mike Petriello. Check him out at Mike social's Tragic Illness and on Twitter at Mike underscore Petriello at Twitter.com, I guess. <laughs> I <don't know> <laughs> sure. All right. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks a lot, guys, appreciate it.